special to the Unqualified Content every single week. I'm Cliffy Joe. Welcome back, everyone. What's up, everybody? Woo! The NBA playoffs are still underway, and it is awesome, Joe. It's still freaking awesome. We got a lot to cover with the Blazers making it to face the Lakers. Jimmy Butler is setting up his own side hustle in the NBA bubble. We'll get to all of that. But, Joe, <laughs> we got a special guest. Guest of honor. Our guest, he's the founder and CEO of Jubilee Media. Jubilee produces many miniseries such as Spectrum, Middle Ground, and Odd Man Out. Since 2010, he's grown his media empire to 5.6 million subscribers with over 1.1 billion views. I'm so proud of you, Jay. Wow. And I've contributed 300,000 of that. Yes. (laughs) He's directed a film called Save My Soul, documentary about sex trafficking in South Korea, avid social activist, diehard Kansas City Chiefs fan, and a friend of the podcast, SBR Nation. Welcome in, Jason Lee. Woo! Hey, what up, boys? Thank you so much for having me. I'm, yeah, I'm excited to be part of the People's Pod. Yes! <laughs> Thank I'm you ready. so much for doing this. Thank you so much for being here. Dude, I was telling Cliff, this is the first time I've been asked to be on a, uh, on a sports podcast, so I'm both very thrilled and very nervous. People, people might not know this about you, but you really are an avid sports fan. You, you watch a lot. We watched the Super Bowl together, and yes. everyone else was eating wings and eating fries, but you were glued. I, <laughs> glued I nearly because threw your up boys were on. I nearly threw up. We were down by, what, like 14, uh, fourth quarter? But I was yeah. having, I was like, oh, this is going to be a terrible night for me. I was, I was getting ready to leave immediately if we <laughs> lost. And then when we started winning, I was so happy. Um, how, are you, how are you a Chiefs fan? Yeah. Um, so believe it or not, I'm actually from Overland Park, Kansas, which is right by oh, Kansas City. Okay. So oh, one wow. of the very few Asian American, Korean Americans who were raised there and made it out. <laughs> nice. So you're like a legit, you're a legitimate Chiefs fan. Oh yeah, Chiefs fan. I'm I'm not as big of a baseball fan, but Royals fan. You know, I've seen it all. Uh, we were the Wizards back in the day, but now we got Sporting KC. Uh, Jayhawks fan. Oh um, wow! Ba- basketball is interesting because I, you know I've never really had like an uh, NBA team to, to He's root for. He's a free for, really. agent, guys. He's a free agent. I am. I was very much on the Jeremy Lin, you know, bandwagon the entire oh, yeah. time, and now. I'm slowly trying to become a Lakers fan, but it's been it's been more difficult than I thought. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's uh, tough. I, <laughs> it's been tough it's, times. It's, it's hard, dude. It, it's, dude. it's hard. <laughs> even this year, I'm sure we'll get into it. But even this year, I was like, "This is the year." I was getting like myself so amped up. You know, Caruso. I love that guy. Kuzma. I was the really Caruso. excited for this, but man, I don't know. I'm getting nervous, boys. It's it's really hard to kind of go from nothing to fandom. I, I gotta yes. say, it's 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 yeah. really hard to do that unless you're a fan of the person. Which I think for you, you're friends with Jeremy Lin, so it helps kind of like I'll just root for whatever team he's on because I yeah, know I want him easy. to succeed. Which is like mm-hmm. a different version of I don't know any of these guys. I don't really have an association with this like city as a child. How do I keep continue to root for them? Build those roots. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I try to watch as much like behind the scenes of, you know, like uh, JaVale's like, v- you know, video podcast. I'm trying to like understand Lock. their story. But somehow I've become more of like a 76ers fan. You know what I mean? Like, it's Matisse. Because <laughs> Matisse, his, 
his vlogs are so oh. much better. And I'm like, what is happening? Oh his vlogs are on point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. As someone in media, you must respect how he's editing all of this stuff by himself. And the content is pretty clean. It's really good. And he's getting props from like some major YouTubers out there already. Oh, really? Um, like oh, Casey great. Neistat. Like after the first vlog, it was like retweeting oh, wow. it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's... But now when he gets on the court, I'm like legit rooting for him. All I've seen from him is like quality defense. But yeah. um, but still, I, mean, I love, he's I like love a the hustle. <laughs> he's like a yeah. coworker. He's in your space. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My boy. Yeah, he's your boy. So I, I guess for the people that have been living under a rock, I'd love for you to just kind of break down what is Jubilee Media and how did it kind of come to be and how did you come to be a part of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, simply put, Jubilee Media, we are a digital media company and we are all about this idea of creating a movement of empathy for human good. So especially as things are getting more and more divided, more and more, you know, uh, divisive and kind of toxic, we want to be the company and the people that are bridging people and helping people just to connect and understand that we're, we're far more similar than we think. But, um, yeah, my background is very much not in media, actually. I studied uh, business. I studied finance and management at Penn, became a consultant for several years in New York. So I thought that was like, I thought that was it, the dream. And I got there to New York City working at Bain and I realized, oh my God, this is terrible. This is not what I want to do. Um, so on the side, on like nights and weekends, I started just making videos for fun, like kind of like, you know, short clips and films. And that started to kind of low key blow up on the side. To the point that we all ended up, myself, my older brother, Eddie, and Eric, one of my best friends, we all quit our jobs on the same same week uh, to start Jubilee Project, which was that kind of like the first iteration before Jubilee Media. So that's kind of like the short version of my story, but it's been quite a ride. <laughs> it, it has. Can I ask you, I know that, um, you know, that Haiti video that you did? Mm-hmm. Was that that's really? my first video. Like, yeah, that's is that the first video you ever did? That was the first video I ever made, and when I made that video, I never made a be- I had never made a video before that, and I never thought I would make another video after that. But wow. that first video got maybe like ten thousand views. You know, I I call my mom. I'm like, Mom, I got ten thousand views. She goes, I know. I watched like five thousand times. So she was very encouraging at first. And then um, when I told her that I was going to quit my job because I was working at Bain and Eddie was working at the White House, at the Obama White House at the time. Wow. And Eric was at, in med school at the time at Harvard. So, you know, we had like pretty like, you know, very successful trajectory. Yes. Yeah. yeah we were like the kids. In the, yeah. In the Asian sphere, you were like, you're killing oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys, you three were golden. <laughs> Exactly. We, were, we weren't killing it. Our parents were killing it, right? We were right, like right, the kids right, right, at right, church right. or at dinner that everyone's like, oh, my son is X, Y, Z. And then suddenly we call them and we say, I'm going to quit my job to make videos on freaking YouTube. And they just went ballistic, obviously. They were not happy. Oh, <laughs> How do they see it now? Yeah. 1.1 billion inc- views later. You know, I don't think it's the viewership. I think it's actually the, um, the fact that I'm still able to sustain myself. Mm. And like make a living now so early on you know i started jubilee in 2010 so that's almost 10 years ago now wow and um even jubilee media started in 2017 
But the first five or six years of this journey was always like, hey, are you eating? Do you have enough money? Can I send you food? And now the conversation is more like, are you sleeping? Don't work so hard. So that's how I know in my Korean heart that my parents are not as worried as before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's been good. So yeah. one day, that's my hope and my dream for the SBR podcast. <laughs> your parents are calling you like, hey, I just feel like you guys are killing it, but I just want you to work less. I know you're having to travel so yeah. much and so many big interviewee guests. Yeah, now, now that you're on. It's it's about exactly. to get taken to the next the start. level, right? This is now, just all that the SEO start. people typing in Jason Lee. It's all gonna all pick up. <laughs> oh yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> so, I, I guess the question for you is: How have you and your team kind of adapted to the stuff that's happening during the quarantine, and how have you guys kind of pivoted into the content you're producing? Yeah, honestly, it's been super rough. Um, like we made our name and our audience by bringing strangers together into a room to have really deep and difficult discussions, right? right? And like that is the opposite of what people are 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 able to do right now. Like people are literally not leaving their homes, let alone talking to strangers or like getting deep and authentic with other people. So that's made our job honestly very very difficult initially because all of our shows were kind of like that, but I think what we've seen is that despite all of that challenge we the mission of jubilee still kind of stands this idea of embrace empathy and that we're finding different ways to now do it digitally or even doing it in a kind of like a safe social distance way and that now more than ever people are still wanting to see the content of jubilee including cliff in our most recent <laughs> la- cliff in our most recent episode of odd man out killing it uh, if you haven't seen it he, he's the runaway star of that episode for sure that's what I thought. And then I trolled the comments and they were like, dude, who's this Daniel? He's so handsome. I was like, dang it. I need more thirsty tweets after me. <laughs> you need to like grow your facial hair and like, get the glasses. No, my, nah. my favorite comment though of that uh, uh, trolling the comments, because of course I do, is um, Jubilee must be so tired from carrying the quarantine on its back. <laughs> <laughs> From producing yeah. content, because yeah, I you know from the outside, I wouldn't have been able to tell that it was that hard because you guys are still putting out content weekly, maybe even twice a week, maybe three times a week. I just see a yeah. ton of stuff that's going out there, and to to talk about that video a little bit, you know, I've known Jason since around that six hundred thousand subscriber mark and uh, early days, yeah, kind of the early days, right? <laughs> and then uh, now to be a part of it at the near 6 million subscribers. And when I was getting interviewed by one of your directors, I was like, this is super professional. This person is really mm. good at their job. And I was like, wow, Jason, you got a real, like, it's like a legit operation. It's kind of, oh yeah. Of, yeah. It's, it was, it was a proud feeling for me. I was like, oh yes, it's here. Well, it's arrived. I, I mean, I feel like I remember when we were having discussions and I was like talking about hiring my first employee right. and like, you know, letting go of our first employee, like some of those things are like, you know, I, it's hard to believe that that was only a couple of years ago. So yeah. this journey has been remarkable. And to be honest, the majority of our success, even during the time of quarantine, is because of our incredible team. Like yeah. our directors are just so talented and they're just so resourceful. So I, I, I feel very lucky to be a part of that group. I, to be honest, I hadn't watched a lot of Jubilee content before. Cliff, obviously, okay. last week, he talked about <laughs> being on, and he forced me to watch the video, which I, of course, did immediately, and I loved it, 
and then I, I I had seen some things before. I think it just just popped up before yep. on. You like, just YouTube don't realize. Yeah, but I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah, what it was, and so I this past week I I probably I've contributed at least. Ten thousand views. I watched a bunch oh, of yeah. videos. <laughs> I binge watched a bunch of stuff like flat earthers and scientists, like blindfolded people trying to find out which one of them is black. Like one black person and six white people. Uh, the vegan one. I think that's kind of a famous one. Uh, <laughs> I saw. I saw the video you made with your fiance. Mm-hmm. Which was no. actually super interesting because I just started investing during the pandemic, and I was like, "That's Melody Hum." And, oh, you um, recognize her? Yeah, I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, and um, yeah. we should have her on as the next guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she gives some hot takes too. We don't need to put her through that, but um, <laughs> um, I the one of my favorite, or I think these are my two favorite ones. I, I've I've really legitimately watched. I watched so many just in one week because they're all so compelling, but. Um, you guys, I guess you did these Spectrum episodes where uh, the staff was on. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you guys talked about, um, I forget what the title is. Do all Jubilee employees think the same? Something like that, mm-hmm. probably part one, mm-hmm. part two. Yep. And um, yeah, it was th- I, that really was very interesting to me because I love stuff like that, kind of getting it, some insight into behind the scenes of what it's like. And... Like, I'm curious, how do you feel, particularly right now, because it seems like civil discourse has almost regressed in light of what's happened, what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And like, are you guys okay? Like, do you feel pressure or burdened by kind of what's going on in society? Yeah, it's a good question. And honestly, like, that video terrified me to mm. to film it and then to put it out because... If you watch the video, there's so many instances where like a lot of my employees or a lot of our team will kind of like demonstrate frustration towards me or towards the company. And everyone's looking at me and I'm like, oh man, am I shitty boss? Like, am I doing a terrible <laughs> job? And I was like, these comments are just going to roast me. And I think what I'm learning is that especially this next generation, like Gen Z and millennials, we care so much about authenticity and transparency and people don't necessarily expect perfection, but they do want an effort, like an authentic effort in a lot of ways. Mm. And every time we've taken that kind of like step towards really being vulnerable in a difficult way, we've always been responded to in kind. That was like one at the time that was one of our most it wasn't our most viewed video, but it was one of our most subscribed to videos, mm. meaning like when mm. people watched that video we had so many more subscribers than even some of the other ones, which is crazy. So yeah, I think that that, you know, in small ways prepared us a lot more for times like this, when we're dealing with obviously the coronavirus pandemic with black lives matter and like having really difficult discussions as a startup and as a media company about not only one, what is our responsibility during this time with our platform? If we really care about embrace empathy, but two, we have like an incredibly diverse team, including a lot of black employees, a lot of people of color, a lot of minorities. Are we doing the best job that we can? Mm-hmm. And man, those conversations are difficult. But, but what we believe is unless we do it ourselves, 
we can't ask people like Cliff or other people to come on and be really authentic and vulnerable too. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So yeah. that's, I think that's something that we've learned is like, we have to lead by example, by having that discussion going there. And then our cast and our viewers will also kind of follow suit, hopefully. I mean, I don't know if I'll get the ch chance to say this later, so I'll just say it right now. But I think <laughs> what you guys are doing is amazing. Yeah, the way you break down stereotypes and kind of give people a space to hear each other and to be heard is so unique and it really i think one of the things that kind of for me when you guys were saying um i guess about the diversity of your own the employees of your staff and i think you were saying that everyone kind of leans left a little bit and um the thing is i don't really get that sense from watching your videos uh, interestingly because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of new to it and just going through and binging a bunch of them. I didn't get the sense that you guys put any kind of spin on it. Like, it seems very fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, the people have to stand by the things that they say, obviously. And sometimes people are kind of crazy <laughs> and they'll kind of say crazy things. But, I mean, that's their take. You know what I mean? I feel like they're being fairly represented. And so I can imagine it might be, you know, frustrating. I got the sense that some of them felt burdened because they don't know if this is really having a you know, a profound effect. But to me, I feel like you're definitely pushing the culture toward empathy and compassion. And it's not Dude. a small thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing. Hopefully you guys know that. I don't know, because you're doing it, it might be weird and you might not get the sense of it, but you're definitely doing that. So, you know, I just wanted to say thanks. Please keep it up, you know, to you and all your staff. And so... Dude. Respect, man. I appreciate that. That honestly is like the best compliment that you could give us uh, just because that is our, our aim. We, we often say we don't want to be left or right. We just want to be known for empathy. And probably the only bias we have is towards empathy and for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like those are the only two. <laughs> As a, as a company, those are the only two uh, that will stand up. No. Can you bring but, in, yeah. have you guys done like opposing fan videos? Have you guys done? <laughs> we actually did a video with an NFL player. We did a video with Kyle Long. I don't know if you guys know. That's him. right. Uh, That's right. About Bears. masculinity. About masculinity, which oh. was really cool. We we had a sponsorship from um, PNG and Gillette, and he's one of their spokespeople. Oh, nice! And he was like, they were like, "Hey, would you guys want to use him?" We're like, "Dude, dope! Let's do it!" Yeah. And it was him and a bunch of other men talking about what does it mean to be a man. But mm. we've got big dreams. Like I've always wanted to do. Like, do all NBA players think the same? Do all NFL players think the same? Ooh, yeah. And and we've actually nice. been. We've actually had discussions with real people about doing that. So I don't think that is that far off. I think we can get at least like a Matisse, right? Like we can yeah. at least get another YouTuber. Dude, coworker, I'm telling you. Exactly. <laughs> you, got co collaboration. you got him, you got JaVale, that's already two. <laughs> exactly. Someone else is doing one too. Man, so many people are doing vlogs now, which is awesome. Yeah, but, they, need, they yeah. need some way to spend their time and make it productive. Exactly. JR got shut down before he even got started, right? So... <laughs> True. Okay, what, one more thing for you. Do, is there anything you'd like to tease out special about Jubilee in the coming days, weeks, months for our listeners? You know, something that I'm really excited about in the next kind of season for Jubilee is not only are we going to be continuing to make awesome shows that people know and love, but also working on a lot of new content for Jubilee on the digital side. Uh, but we're actually in kind of the last stage of finalizing our, our first um, 
documentary, feature documentary mm. uh, from Jubilee Media. So uh, that's going to be really exciting that we hope that we can kind of announce in the coming months. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of stuff. I think in a lot of ways, COVID has kind of forced us to take a pause and reevaluate, but it's also helped us to renew our vision and say, hey, where is it really that we want to go? Um, are we really being missional? Are we really doing right by uh, our team and by our audience? So um, I'm hopeful that we can come out of this even stronger. Great. Awesome. All right, Jason. The time right. has come to start. <laughs> Get those nerves back up because we're going to start All talking right. about your boy Mahomes. We're in the game Let's that we go. like to call. We like to call All Day or Cray Cray. For those that don't know, I'll give a prompt, and you tell me if you're with it all day, every day, I'm for this, or if you think it's the cray-crayest thing you've ever heard. First one up, Josh Allen has challenged Pat Mahomes to an arm strength contest. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> dude, this is what Mahomes said. Dude, obviously Josh has an extremely strong arm, but I've yet to see someone have a stronger arm than me. Mahomes told ESPN about his NFL 21 ranking. Maybe we can line up. I know we talked about maybe having a throw-off, and then we could prove who really has the strongest arm. For those that don't know, Josh Allen was recorded at a 99 arm strength on Madden, while Mahomes only had 97. And he said he's the strongest <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> Guys, let's start with Jason. All day or cray-cray, Pat Mahomes versus Josh Allen is the arm throwing contest is must see TV. I'm all day. Oh god! Anything Mahomes. <laughs> I'm here for this, no. dude. We've been without sports for like four months. I was like watching competitive marble rolling for for a long time. <laughs> but not only that, this is it. I actually think that Josh Allen might have a stronger arm, hmm. just like uh, physically. But what I know about Mahomes is that he is so competitive that I will like bet on him any day of the week, mm. especially against against Josh Allen. Like, if you think about who you want on your team, who you want throwing that ball, who are you gonna put your money on? Definitely not Josh Allen. And yeah, I mean, I can talk about this all day. But low key, despite being an MVP, despite being Super Bowl MVP, I still think people are sleeping on Mahomes. Really? Like, if you if you look at the 100 NFL top 10 list, he was ranked number four mm. by the players. Who's which ranked is crazy. top three? It's uh, Lamar, oh, Wilson, wow. and then um, Donald. Aaron oh, wow. Donald. Wow. But, wow. That's, that's interesting. Wow, right? That's, that's low-key disrespectful. That is disrespectful. And this is voted on by the peers, by, his, by the wow. other NFL players. But the only solace I take is the fact that last year he was also ranked four out of the top 100, and he won Super Bowl, and he won the MVP. He won the so, Super Bowl. You know what? I'm happy to be all day, every day. I'm happy to be a Mahomes fanatic, but I'm also happy to be a Chiefs fan, but I'm also happy to be an underdog. Like, people will count us out. And that's been, you know, 30 years of my life. So, you know, It's I'm easier to chase than being chased, that's for sure. Joe, all day or cray cray, Pat Mahomes versus Josh Allen in an arm throwing contest is must see TV. Mm, Jason, I love you, brother, but this is cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is cray cray. Why does anybody want to watch this? What is this? And why would why would Mahomes even do this? Okay, like as your your the case you're making is that Pat Mahomes is the cream of the crop. He's the MVP in the NFL, which which I agree with. Yeah, he he should be number one He's on the Super Bowl champ. Lamar Jackson, who's putting Lamar Jackson over Pat Mahomes right now? And I love Lamar yep. Jackson. Yeah. Yep. Lamar Jackson was on my fantasy team. He's great. He's, killed it. He's killed he's it. He's amazing. Very yeah, skilled. But come on. I mean, clearly Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. He's the best player in the NFL, clearly, by far, bar none. And Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He's nobody. Why? He's nobody. Why would, what is this? This this makes no sense. Like just no, I mean, Pat Mahomes has nothing to gain here. He only has things to lose here. There's nothing to gain. If he wins, we're just going to be like, oh, yeah, cool. Pat Mahomes won. That's uh, right. of course, percent of what course, I expected. Yeah. <laughs> and if Josh Allen wins, it's just going to be like, that's weird. And then some people are going to be like, oh, I guess that I guess that four ranking is justified. Cause, uh, I don't think I don't think Lamar Jackson would have lost to, to uh, Josh Allen. <laughs> that, in a, that struck in a nerve. Throwing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. How long would this even take? It, it wouldn't even <laughs> yeah. be a good YouTube video. It would be like seconds. It'd just be right. like throw it. Oh, there it is. I'm gonna go cray cray here, just because. <laughs> who? No one even watches the Pro Bowl when they do stuff like this. No one's going to watch and they this. Do, they're just some interesting things in the Pro Bowl. When they do those little throwing <laughs> contests. Oh, my God. They're, th- they're throwing through hoops that are, you know, 40, 50 yards away. I mean. Uh, Wasn't it Lamar this- Jackson who did so terribly on that? There was someone who, uh, I think it was Lamar Jackson did really poorly. I think it was Lamar really? Jackson. He did do really Whereas, bad, yeah. And then Russell Wilson came on and he killed it. And I was like, oh, okay. him. Like, it really re- made me respect Russell even. I knew that Russell's a clutch player. Like, he's fourth quarter all day. But seeing his accuracy, I was really impressed, actually, by that. The um, extra addition that I didn't say was Mahomes responded to this, to Josh Allen saying, yeah, let's let's do it. We can maybe do it before a game. And then <laughs> Mahomes said, well, you need to throw about, like, 85 yards to beat me because I can throw 80. And then Josh right. Allen started backpedaling. He's like, oh, okay, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We'll oh, see. you didn't say it? <laughs> yeah. I, I, know, I know we play on a Thursday night game. I mean, maybe we throw before the season. But, I, I mean, ugh, I mean, maybe we should chat about doing something in the offseason. I was like, it's the offseason now. He's talking about the offseason right. of 2021. He's, like, pushing it back so people forget. Yeah, because he has to train the whole year, the whole yeah. actual football season. <laughs> he's going to be trained for this arm-throwing contest with that Instead home. of, he's not instead even of getting care. a win for the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to care about winning. He's going to care about winning this because this is his Super Bowl. Let's be clear about that. that. But that's why I love Mahomes. He's willing to do it before a game. He's not afraid at all. Like um, this week, Biennemi, who's like our OC, came out and said like, man, Mahomes is such a competitive prick. And I was like, dude, I love the spirit where he just wants to get better. He just wants to win. So, man, I'm, I'm riding and dying with Mahomes. It's the mama mentality. Can't Can't go wrong with that. Speaking of which, this is a random aside, but this was maybe half a year ago, but randomly Mel texted me one day for her job and she was like, oh, guess who we're going to have in the studio today? Uh I was like, who? She goes, we're going to have Mahomes. What? She did a full (laughs) on. Yeah. No, she initially told me maybe a week before. So I was freaking out and I was like, you know, make sure you say hi for me. And then uh, one of my best friends who's also from Kansas, obviously, sent her a pair of socks that say uh, Mahomes is my homie. (laughs) 
but uh-huh. Pat is my homie, uh-huh. and so she's wearing those socks on an interview. So there's a really funny picture of them um, <laughs> together. Dude, that's so. two degrees of separation, maybe one and a half because of how close you are. I know. Know. <laughs> I know. This is like related now, practically. <laughs> basically, my homie basically is essentially met my brother. Yeah. Basically. Met <laughs> All right, moving on to the NBA. The Blazers have won the play-in tournament and will now face the Lakers. The Lakers have made the playoffs for the first time in six years. Blazers have made the playoffs for the past six years straight. Blazers were 6-2 and two in the bubble with Dame named as a bubble MVP. Lakers were 3-5 and five in the bubble. It was bad. It was bad, everyone. Let's go, Joe, mm-hmm. first. All day or cray-cray, the Blazers will upset the L.A. Lakers. Okay. It's not looking good. <laughs> I'll admit that. It's not looking good. Dame's bubble numbers... 38 points per game on 50% shooting. Woo! Those those were the, the eight regular season game numbers. This doesn't even include uh, the last Memphis game. 44% from three, 10 assists, four wow. rebounds. He is... Oh, he was the, bu- he was he was the bubble MVP. He got a Mickey Cliff, Mouse trophy. <laughs> what did I tell you three weeks ago when you were picking the Pelicans <laughs> to make it to the playoffs? I told you, Dame... And the Blazers would beat Memphis to get into the playoffs. And you read off the schedule, right, of every team they're going to play. And yep. what did I tell you? You said they I said will. it was going to be glorious to watch Dame destroy all of these teams. And that is exactly what happened because Dame Dalla is amazing. This guy, bubble MVP, 100% deserved. Portland in the eight games, offensive rating 122.5, number one in the, in the bubble. Now, I know it looks bad, okay? Lakers, offensive rating in the bubble, 104.5. Almost 20 points worse and 20th in the bubble. Barely above OKC, barely above the Wizards. Oh. I know that looks bad, okay? But (laughs) I'm still going with the Lakers. Wow. I'm still going with the Lakers. So they it's had cray-cray. nothing to play for. It's cray-cray. They had nothing to play for. Okay, they had nothing to play for. Blazers had everything to play for. And by the way, they only made the play-in game because Karis LeVert missed a game winner that he actually got mm. open for. Okay, mm-hmm. so, I mean, when you think about it, I know that they found a way to pull it out. I know Dame was going crazy. Dame averaged over the last three games, like, 50 points. He averaged 51 points over the last three games that they had to win to get into the playing game, and they still barely got in. And one of the reasons is Portland defensive rating 120.420th in the bubble. So they're mm. bad defensively. The Lakers are going to be a lot better offensively. They're not going to be the 20th team in the bubble. They're going to get back up to their regular spot. They're going to be like fourth, fifth offensively. And even in the bubble, they've been bad, but they're 12th defensively. Six-game series, because I respect Dave, maybe seven, but the Lakers will find a way to pull it out. Jay, all day or cray-cray, Blazers will upset the LA Lakers. Man, this is a tough one for me, too, because... (laughs) You guys, I, you know, you guys know I'm a, I'm a die easy Lakers fan now. I'm, I'm new <laughs> to this team, and I'm trying so hard to root for the Lakers. But I love the way Dame is playing, and he, you guys have said it on this podcast, but he really is the heir to the Mamba mentality, right? He is. Like yeah. he is the guy that I want to have shoot the last shot. And I really think when you've got like the best player on the co- on the court who's on fire, like that's who will win the game. Mm. But but I don't think that he's getting enough support, and I don't think that the team is strong enough. 
Um, so I think that Dame's going to play lights out. I think that they're going to steal a couple of games. But like, especially with McCollum not being at 100%, I think the Lakers will win. But it, it should scare the Lakers. I think it should really scare the Lakers. And I'm so sad to say this because I'm actually, I, I respect LeBron. I'm not the biggest LeBron um, supporter, but I really just respect him as a person and a player. But he, what Dame has is what LeBron is lacking. Like, Dame has that killer instinct will show up for you in the clutch. Yeah. Except for this last game, the final free throws, he'll make them, he'll hit that shot. And so often <laughs> yeah. I feel like LeBron some, somehow mentality-wise doesn't have that. And I don't think I've seen enough of that from AD yet either. Um, I think he, he might have that, but like maybe it'll come out this time. But man, I love watching Dame. So I, I think it's going to be game seven, but I think Lakers will win because Dame does not have enough oh. support. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. And make no mistake, I'm worried too. I'm worried. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'm saying cray cray, but only a little cray, just cray, not cray cray. I am gonna preface this by saying, I've had so many bad takes on this podcast. <laughs> this year has just not been kind to me in terms of takes. Just really, really, really poor, including the most recent saying the Pelicans would make the playoffs. That being said, I think I'm going all day here. I think the Blazers of course you will are. upset of course you the LA Lakers. One, because the Lakers rank second to last in points per game, 19th in field goal percentage, and last in three-point percentage. And before the season came to the halt, the Lakers were ranking seventh in points per game in the league. And they led the league in field goal percentage. And now they're 19th out of 22. It's... Even if you take your foot off the it's gas. It's bad. It's bad. Even if you yeah. take your foot off the gas, to be last from something that you were doing the best before, mm. that's tough. Um, and I think for the Blazers, on the other hand, you know their really weak spot is defense, right? So the Blazers were 27th, 27th in defensive rating on the season. They were giving up a lot, and they were pretty bad on defense now. Every game was really close. They had to get bailed out by Dame being amazing. I think the big question for both teams is do the Lakers have guards that can guard uh, Dame and CJ? And for the Blazers, do they have forwards that can guard LeBron and AD? And to me, LeBron looks bad. Like, he doesn't mm -hmm. look good. He's laboring he and terrible. he's slow yeah. and he's mistimed and he's shooting threes and he's not doing the one thing that he normally does well, which is precision passing. Like, like, of all the things that he does well, like that's like yep. the one thing everyone's like, oh, no one else can do this with his level of scoring and all that. And AD is also what worries me. Like he has like, just not been showing up to the bubble. The only okay, hope the Lakers have is if there is this light switch they just turned off. They're like, forget it. <laughs> We're not going to try in the bubble. It doesn't even matter. But there's like no club to go to. There's, there's, there's no like... They're, what are they doing? It's just them. Okay. It's just basketball. Cliff, Cliff, <laughs> let me let me put on my conspiracy theory hat okay, real fast. Here we okay. go. <laughs> what does LeBron always do when there is a pressure situation coming? When he knows that he is favored, what does he do, Cliff? What does he What does he consistently done throughout his entire career when he's favored? He downplays himself and he overplays the opponent he lowers the bar <laughs> this yeah. is what he a has lot of deflection 
consistently a lot of problems, done. yeah. He consistently elevates all the issues, all the problems, makes it seem impossible. He's it's him and AD. He's got two top five players. No other team has two top five players. I mean, if you want to downgrade AD a little bit, he hasn't looked like a top five player recently. But I mean, are we gonna take the evidence of eight games over the evidence of his Seven entire years. career? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's he's amazing. He's unguardable. The you know, walking assist. Last week, but yeah, anybody big enough to guard him is too slow. Anyone fast enough to guard him is too small. You know, he's he's amazing, right? Do we think all of a sudden that AD is really going to average, you know, 20 points per game on 40% shooting like he's been averaging? And all of a sudden LeBron's going to be, you know, terrible. I think LeBron is just like, hey, whatever. These games don't matter at all. We got the one seed locked up. Let's make ourselves look as bad as possible so that all the analysts aren't picking us, so that people are saying the Blazers are favored, so people are saying that, you know, Dame's going to come in and destroy us, so that when we are ele- when we rise to the occasion and we actually beat the Blazers, when a one seed... Let me, let me just... This is what's going to happen, right? Because the Lakers are going to win, and then people on ESPN are going to be like, wow, LeBron <laughs> rose to the occasion and defeated the eighth seed i mean isn't that what's gonna happen <laughs> are people gonna say they have climbed the mountain they've gone to the mountaintop of defeating the eighth seeded blazers yeah they will <laughs> <laughs> i think it's just it's gamesmanship they're gonna be fine that that if you're a lakers fan that's the only thing you could hope for because everything else is pointing towards that they will lose I got a LeVar Ballet on this one, you know? I just, <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm a little scared. I'm a little worried. But we got to just speak it into existence. We're just going to be confident. Lonzo's workout coach and shooting coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. that it's, the, Those shoulder presses. It's, it's, it's bad. It, it's, I don't I, – I mean, I, one can only hope. But if, if Dave makes it all the way – like one of the predictions that I had – coming into this bubble was and then this playoffs was that a lower seed like all these players are going to be amped up like people that were choke artists can now like refrain from it it's just going to be different and i think another crazy thing that i want to predict is i think the uh, lower seeds really have a big chance to upset higher mm-hmm. seeds because mm-hmm. no crowd no home crowd no home no court. energy no home with lebron like it's always been about energy right he even said like this is the smallest crowd i've ever played for since probably junior high like he hasn't right. played in a gym with this little people and now this is the first time he's like yeah hey, joe kim knows like it's hard to get energy you have to find that energy within yourself if you're someone like mahomes if you're someone like uh dame lillard if you're someone like russell westbrook that energy comes from within but a lot of players, they need it from the outside to kind of fuel them. Cliff, conspiracy theory oh, no. number oh, two. God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Why do you think they are suddenly letting guests into the bubble? <laughs> so that LeBron can slowly sneak his entourage into the games. And there will be people in the stands all of a sudden cheering for LeBron to give him the energy that he needs to defeat the Goliath. The eighth seeded Blazers. <laughs> the 35 and 39 Blazers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so LeBron's David. LeBron's always David. And whoever he's playing against is always Goliath. <laughs> All right. Last one. So the NBA playoffs are here. 
They're already underway. A lot of games have already played. So, this final one. Both you guys, all day are cray-cray. The Lakers will win the NBA championship. Let's start with Jason. Man, if you had asked me this before the bubble started, I would say all day. Like, hands down, I don't think the Clippers are a match. I don't think the Bucks are a match. But these games have really <laughs> made me lose my confidence <laughs> in the Lakers. And I think this bubble has really equalized the entire playing field for everyone. I, I like almost will not count anyone out. Um, so I think the Lakers will be strong. I don't think that they're going to win. That's my gut. I don't know. Something about it just feels like I want them to win. But I just don't think that they're going to win. And I think someone like, Ooh. I think like someone like the Raptors will win this. Wow. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Dude, hot these take. guys. Did you, uh, yeah. I was, you heard it here first. Dude, the Raptors are winning. No, but these guys, I don't know if you watched the game tonight, but they they look amazing. Oh, um, they destroyed the fleet. Yeah. He shot like 8 for 10 for 3, 30 points. But what they benefit from is they, they just know their team so well and Nick Nurse and their system. And they lost, you know, arguably their best, you know, one of the best players ever. And still they're rocking and rolling. So I think that it's one of these teams that are like next man up mentality. They actually will, will do really well. So I don't know if they're going to. Yeah, I don't know. I think that they have just as good of a chance as the Lakers to win, if not better. So Do you think Kawhi I think, um, uh, looks longingly at his ex? He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> looks so nice. Meanwhile, he's looking at Paul George. He's like, what is he's happening? Like, Ugh. Um, Ugh. Marcus Morris. <laughs> it's insane. I would never have thought that. And it makes me really respect Nick Nurse. And to be honest, I really had like a low-key grudge against him because he's, he had stopped playing Jeremy, yeah. you know, like uh, midway through or like early on in the playoffs. But man, they they look good. They look really good. So um, I think Lakers do not win this year, unfortunately. I, I say cray-cray. One, one of the things, uh, this is a side tangent, that I was like so happy for Jeremy Lin is usually when you're an NBA player after you're playing, they introduce you as former NBA player or they'll introduce you as former all-star or they'll introduce you as Former NBA champion. I was like, champion. oh, he got that. Yeah. I was like, nice. Yeah. yeah. It is. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but the CBA started before the NBA. Yeah. And he was on the uh, the Beijing Sharks, and he's been killing it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a nominee for the um, defensive MVP. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like, you know, that was never even part of the discussion in the NBA. And, man, their team was on such a roll, and then they played against – um, I forget what the what the city was, maybe like Guangdong or something. But it's uh, the team with uh, Yi Jin Lian, mm. the, uh, the former yeah, box yeah, yeah. player. And they just, he just got beaten up. Like their strategy was like, let us just throw as many bodies and beat this oh, guy up. Oh, the Detroit Pistons and, mentality against Jordan. Yep. Yeah. They they just put him on the floor so much and they lost a really tough match and then they, they, they got knocked out. But I wanted him to be a back-to-back NBA, <laughs> CBA champion, and then champion. return back to the NBA for another championship. First time ever. With a sandwich? <laughs> sandwich <Yeah>. championships? <laughs> That's, that, that enters you into the GOAT conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. In multiple countries? Right, right. Dominating on every level I mean, different in every leagues? country. Like that's... Yeah, with, with that Toronto no. pick, I think – People are sleep still sleeping on Pascal Siakam because he was mm. the G League champ, and then he became the NBA champ. You know, and now he's leading this team by himself without Kawhi. So he's not a nobody. He he's kind of and like he, a guy that's come from nothing. 
he just continues to add to his game. Like every time he comes back, you're just like seeing such development, which is amazing. And then like, you know, we forget that like Lowry's still there and like Marcus Gasol yep. and you got OG who's playing really well, I think. Um, so there, and then um, who else? Someone's coming off the bench. Like Abaka. Boucher. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Abaka. Abaka's coming off yeah. the bench for them, right? And he's still, yeah. he's just going to still have double doubles and stuff. So yeah. All right, Joe. Time has come. All day of cray cray. The Lakers will win the NBA championship. Uh, you go for you go first. Let's. I'm just saying, Craig, Craig, Craig. Uh, obviously, if I'm picking the Blazers to upset the Lakers, <laughs> I can't pick the Lakers to win the championship. Even for me, that level of contradiction is just a little bit too much. It's too much. But here, here's my hot take, though. I'm going to go okay. along with the lines of a lower seed winning the NBA championship. And I'm going <laughs> to... I can't even get it out straight. I'm going to go with the Boy of Arc podcast... The Rockets will win the NBA championship. James Harden Whoa. will win the NBA championship. He will beat the Blazers in round two and the Clippers in round three, and then the Bucks in the NBA finals. You're not nervous at all about the Russ quad and missing a couple of games against the Thunder? I, I yeah. am nervous, but I think this is uh, James Harden's like conquering series. Like He's going to conquer Chris Paul, his arch rifle, and then, <laughs> and then, kind of like unlock that next level, James Harden of like he's just gonna be an assassin and just go for it. I think as long as the Lakers aren't in his path, he really that team matches up really well with everybody else, mm. really does. And so I think if he can just get past uh, that first round, and the Blazers can do him a solid and beat the Lakers. They're really primed, <laughs> really primed to make it all the way. I've got to say, I've been really impressed by Harden's defense. I um, know. It's crazy. Where did that come from? Like, yeah. he looks like a real defender. Like, he looks <laughs> like a and real defender. The, well, in the past, he would let so many, like, back, you know, back cuts in and look like he wasn't even paying attention. But I, I, it just shows how talented he can be. And he is, actually, if he if just, just focused, puts his I mind guess. to it. Yep. If he just doesn't choke, he's amazing. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, his history has been the opposite. It's all those Lou Will uh, lemon pepper wings that he's going after that has really <laughs> cursed him. Let's not bring that up, Cliff. That's another <laughs> it's a different part of his life. Um, all right. So I wanted you to go first because I'm kind of on the fence. <laughs> but I'm going to go all day. Wow. I'm going to go all day. Whoa! You you actually just unlocked the scenario that needs to happen for the Lakers to win. Mm. The Rockets have to beat the Clippers. Mm. If the Rockets beat the Clippers, well, well the, Rockets, and the Lakers play the Rockets. Rockets can't beat the, the Rockets aren't on our side. Oh no, the Rockets have to play the Lakers first. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Oh, the All Nuggets have to beat gone. the Clippers. The Nuggets have to. The beat Nuggets the have to beat the Clippers. Yes. Ah, uh, that's not gonna happen though. Yeah, that's tough. The Clippers don't look amazing, though, I got to say. They do not. Neither do the Nuggets, though. I actually think there's a chance that I thought the Jazz could upset the Nuggets. If, honestly, every team seems even for some reason. Like the, There seems to be yeah a lot of parity, especially in the, in the West. I mean, in the East, the lower seeds, they're, well, you they know, got Orlando, no Brooklyn, they don't, they don't yeah. count. But other than yeah. that, you know, every other team looks pretty even. Ah, I can't do it then. No, there's no way. (laughs) 
I gotta go cray cray too. Wow. I mean, because they're even in danger against the Blazers. Like, I'm not really a hundred percent on that. Sure. I just think they'll find a way to win. You're sixty forty. You're 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 leaning towards yeah, the league. I'm yeah. like I'm like sixty I'll give them sixty five. Okay. Uh, sixty five thirty five against the Blazers. But they would be underdogs against the Clippers, to be clear. Yep. If mm. if they both get that far. And even right now, the way that they're playing, if they play the Bucks in the finals, I'm not sure. Because I'm pretty sure Giannis would be the best player in that series. Mm-hmm. And that does not bode well for the Lakers. And so, uh, I feel bad. I'm sorry, Laker Nation. I got to go with my brain, <laughs> not my heart, <laughs> and say, it's cray-cray. I, I can't. I, they just don't look good enough. To win a championship. I think they look good enough to beat the Blazers, or I think they'll be good enough to beat the Blazers, but uh, this 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 might good. be blasphemous of me to say, but this is my I, I've liked the Lakers the least this year than probably in a like many years history. Like and so Whoa. I understand why it's hard for a die easy fan to really get behind this team. I don't know what it is. Yes. Oh yeah. I can't I can't pinpoint yeah. it. Well, LeBron. But it's it's hard yeah. it's hard to really, <laughs> it, yeah. I I don't okay. feel as passionate. Like if they lost, I wouldn't be devastated. Do you think if if Kuzma was playing better, you would be yeah. more behind this? I team? would. Yes. Yeah, yes. dude. If it was the Caruso and Kuzma, and Kuzma? Kuzmania, that those are the two players you can really get behind because they're fun, they're young, and they're energetic. They play with spirit. But I don't know. Kuzma is so hot and cold for me. Yeah. Like, ah. Uh, Low key, settled down though. Living in living in LA, I think I there's more to like even about the Clippers. Even no, about don't this, say like, that. No, this blue collar. <laughs> you know, I know people hate Patrick Beverly, but I love that he gives so much effort. There's something, yeah. But I, I've chosen the Lakers. I'm I'm, I'm trying to root for greatness. <laughs> I'm trying to root for LeBron to you know to be one of the best of all time to be a Laker great. But he needs to win. At least one championship for them, so we'll see. Yeah, it's hard. Do, for do you. you guys think? Do you guys think the Kobe factor is going to come into play at all? If they can't get past round one, then no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's the, tricky. the extra motivation? I feel it's like tricky time because is gone. yeah, and then also players wise, I don't know if obviously Kobe was you know Laker through and through, and he is like the 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 player you think of, but. As I think about the spirit of Kobe, I don't see that in the players of the Lakers team. I see it in like Devin Booker mm, and Dame yeah. Mm, yeah. and all these other guys who are coming up so clutch, even in like Tatum. Mm. But I don't see it in any of our guys. Kuzma. Kuzma. It's, it's supposed to be Kuz. I think the Koba. Koba. I think the Kobe factor should have come into play that first game they came back. But you know who it did come into play for in that first came back? Dame Lillard, who destroyed the <laughs> Lakers and ripped yeah. out their heart. It, they were like, yeah, let's win yeah. for Kobe. And then Dame did it. So and Dame's Dame Dame like, Dame. I'm winning for Kobe. Yeah, I'm winning yeah, for Dame Kobe. won for Kobe. He said, yeah. <laughs> dude, dude. I, but I, I'm hopeful. Like Kuzma, the final shot, right, that, uh, that, that Vogel wrote up for him, I thought that was great. You're seeing a little glimpses of it. So if they can just put the pieces together – I think they'll have a, a good run. It's just any given day, you just don't. I feel like you don't know what to expect. As and that, that's as LeBron said, he said, in order for us to win a championship, he has to be our third best player. We can't win a championship if Kuz doesn't play well. 
Do you see that deflection right there? Do you see? Yeah. <laughs> do you see shifting it over to Kuz? Always. Because you know that Kobe is never going to say like, oh, I just need Jody Meeks to step up and be like number three. You know, like <laughs> Kobe is saying, man, none of these guys are showing up. I'm putting the Lakers on my back. <laughs> oh, it's Jody's fault. That's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> Although uh, Kobe, Kobe totally did wrong by Smush, man. He kept on like he like <laughs> always was ragging on Parker. Oh, uh, it but, was um, sad. It's sad. He still holds a grudge to like this very day. I'm like Smush. It's does. all right, man. You're okay. You're okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. All right, that was all day or cray cray with our special guest Jason Lee. Jason, thanks for coming, friend of the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. having me. I was honored to be a part of it. I would love to come back. Yeah, we'll have you back anytime you want, my friend. Absolutely. All right, take care, guys. All right. After the break, we'll be back to break down more NBA news, including Jimmy Butler's pop-up coffee shop side hustle and the 8-0 Phoenix Suns. Definitely maybe style. Stay tuned. All right, we are back. Joe, we're going to play a game we like to call Definitely Maybe. You get one maybe to use. Otherwise, give me a definitely or definitely not. All right, Joe. First one. The new playoff format has the 8-0 Suns left out of the playoffs. Adam Silver wants this to keep going. Make this a new rule going forward. Joe, give me definitely maybe. The NBA's current playing format should continue. Wait, so is the question the... It should. They should keep it the way it is, or they should change it. the The way it is is good, and they can keep it keep it the same. So keep it the same, and the Suns wouldn't make it, and the Suns still don't make it. Oh, definitely not, dude. Devin Booker, thirty one six and five, fifty percent shooting in the bubble, eight and zero, oh, and there wasn't even he didn't even have a second guy. Like he didn't even have a legitimate second guy. DeAndre Ayton, 15 and 10. The, the the next best guy, 15? 15? He more than doubled his second guy in points. And we don't have Devin Booker in the like, why not? Mm. I'd much rather have Devin Booker in than John Morant in right now. Like, I'd much, much rather. He didn't even get a chance. He just, it's like. I, this is unfair. This, this, this doesn't make. And they had the same record, right? This doesn't make sense. Yeah, you got to have a chance at the playoffs in a strange year, like a strange year, right? Everyone that is supposed to have a chance got invited. They did everything they possibly could, and they didn't. They basically didn't have a chance to make it. I this guess. is like. This is like the X-Men are going to fight Magneto and they're loading up the Blackbird, right? It's like, all right, guys, you know, the, the yeah. call yeah. goes out. Cyclops everyone jump is on the in there. Yeah, and everyone, Wolverine's of course. in there. You, an emergency you know you got to run to the blackbird as fast as possible everyone jumps in there beast you know he like yeah. hops in there rogue flies in there storm <laughs> she in flies there. in there yeah you know how he runs right like like he runs like a beast right and so everyone's in there right and then it's like the last you know spots are filling up and gambit shows up you know gambit he's a little he's a little chill right so yeah, he was doing up. his hair he wore his coat. He's, his yeah, he's walking. Coat. He's walking. Picking the right trench coat. Got to get the right staff. <laughs> the right deck of cars. He shows yeah. up, and he's like, you know, what's up, Mezamis or whatever. Right? He shows up, <laughs> and they're like, hey, you can't get on. It's like there's no room. 
last seat was taken by, you know, Morph. <laughs> there he is, right there. You know, with I don't know what he's. What does he say? I don't know what he says. He's, he's just, like, "Hey, early bird gets the worm." <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> he morphs into like <laughs> he morphs he morphs into a bird. <laughs> so dumb. Early, early bird gets the you know you snooze you lose. He morphs into, morphs a, into clock. a clock, <laughs> alarm clock. You snooze you lose. What are you doing out there, Monami? <laughs> you gotta take this guy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, come on. Devin Booker's freaking Gambit. He's tight. <laughs> like, he's awesome. I want to see some freaking direct card. You know, like, that's what I want to see. Direct card. I want to see Royal Flush. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I want to see him toss that stick up and throw 52 cards. You know, like, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see this morph. Get out of here, John Morant. I'm sorry. You're not ready. You're not ready. You're going to get taken out in episode one, Night of the Sentinels, because you're not ready for this. You're not ready for this battle. Like, that's what I'm talking oh about. Oh, my gosh. No, is, we got to change. We got to change it. This is deep X-Men cartoon references. <laughs> I'm sorry if you've never seen X-Men, the animated series. It's on Disney Plus. Go check it out. <laughs> the greatest X Men, the greatest iteration of the X Men in media. We got to change it. Exactly, and so yeah. I, I, I think we all have found out that the rules are just. You can play with it a little bit to make it a little bit more exciting. And Adam Silver, I think, if you could do something different with the play in, that is a little bit more of a tournament format that allows for ties to do something. I think that's a good idea. So maybe maybe just for tied teams, yeah. If teams are t they have the exact same record, instead of going to some weird rule, they just do they play each other. They play each other and then go into the play-in tournament. Fine, all good. All right, Joe. The NBA playoffs are here, as we've mentioned, and the matchups are going to be really special. You got rivalries between Harden and CP3. You got rivalries between TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler, who Jimmy Butler says the rivalry's over. I destroyed him. <laughs> <laughs> But you also have some trash matchups like the Raptors and the Nets, Bucks and the Magic. <laughs> I mean, just garbage kind of stuff. Yeah. What's a, what like what's an example of like a bad rivalry? I mean, what about like Cars 3, Lightning McQueen versus Jackson Storm? <laughs> like you're like, who is this new guy? Oh, wow. Like uh, Lightning McQueen can't stand up to him and then in the end he doesn't even stand up to him. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I get, I get. That's kind of like it. It because I was thinking of why is T.J. Ward and Jimmy Butler a rivalry? <laughs> when did that become a rivalry? <laughs> like, can you just do that? Can you just declare something a rivalry and then all of a sudden it's a rivalry? It's I because mean, they had like beef one time on the court this season, and now it's a rivalry. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, we're using the term rivalry pretty loosely if all of a sudden TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler is a rival. I mean, I've never even heard that before. Where, where did that come from? And all of a sudden, this is a rivalry. That, come on, come on. I mean, you can't just bring somebody out of nowhere and then all of a sudden be like, oh, this is... Like, you can't make me care about that battle. It probably is like cars. You can't make me care about this guy. I don't even know this guy. Just came out of nowhere. But you know what? It's 
Jackson Storm is still better than Lightning McQueen, and TJ Warren was the man in the NBA bubble. Oh, he was awesome. <laughs> he was awesome. <laughs> He's still my MVP. I know Dame is the true MVP, but in my heart, TJ Warren is still the MVP. Joe, I guess there's a question. Will there be a lower seed beating a higher seed? Definitely, maybe. Uh, in the East or just in the entire playoffs? In the entire playoffs. In the entire first round of the playoffs, sorry. Definitely not. Wow. I don't think so. Yeah. I think in the East, it's pretty much chalk. Uh, who's the only team that has a chance? Sixers, maybe, over the Celtics? I don't really think there's another. I think Miami's going to win. I think obviously the Bucks are gonna win. Um, obviously the Raptors are gonna destroy the Nets. That's <laughs> yep. not even gonna be the Clippers, I mean, the Nuggets. The Clippers are gonna win. The Nuggets are gonna win. The Jazz, by the way, don't be fooled, guys. The Jazz—they're not that good. Uh, let me just say, okay, uh, Donovan Mitchell dropped fifty-seven points and they lost. <laughs> They lost by 10. <laughs> they dropped 57 points and they lost by 10 in overtime. It's just, there's no way. I, I mean, mean, Jamal Murray got... was awesome, I got to say, Dude, at the end of the Jamal game. Jamal Murray. Props to Jamal Murray. I might have he... to take back everything I've said about him. <laughs> Another one, Cliff. How many do we have? Brad Beal, Devin Booker. Now Jamal Murray's joining the list. Hey, that's a good list to join, I got to say. <laughs> Cliff, you gotta you gotta be a little more forward thinking, you know. Like that's why I was talking about Brad Beal when he was averaging, you know, twenty points a game. You thought he was averaging seventy; he was averaging like twenty points a game. No, and you Devin are the Booker forward and... thinker. I'm the one that just goes nonsense now. <laughs> you eat salads um, for your body later. I eat French fries now. <laughs> um. But no, I gotta, I gotta go. Definitely not, because uh, look, the one probably the biggest threat actually is the Blazers over it the really Lakers. Is. But I've already said that I think the Lakers are gonna win that series, so I don't think the Sixers are gonna beat the Celtics either. But I do think they can push them. I'm predicting a seven game series. I wouldn't be shocked if it, you know, was like shorter. But I, I think if Joel Embiid has a few good games, he could def. He's the best player on the court for sure. Easily. So if. Yeah, if he just kind of blows up and plays really well, he can he can win a few games for them. But I think ultimately the Celtics will win that series. So definitely not. Well, I have to go definitely because I already chose the Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you already said that you think the Blazers are going to But win. I think that's the only team that's going to lower seed that's going to advance. Because I don't yeah. think the Sixers are going to beat the Celtics. Even though the Sixers are a better collection of talent, they just run isolation plays the entire game. Which doesn't make any sense, you know, and the they Sixers, still get buckets. Yeah, they're the they're the one team that really just doesn't follow the talent rule, mm-hmm. like even in the playoffs. Like, because you know, generally speaking, if they're pretty even teams, you kind of go to the top talent, and usually the the upper echelon of talent is able, is able to pull out the victories. But man, j- like, what is wrong with them? They're so bad. Like, they just can't win uh, i don't know uh they're, they're just mismanaged yeah i mean brett brown's definitely gonna get fired and they're gonna be looking for a, a new head coach they look i'm telling you when you watch the game 
you see how well coached the Celtics are. They know when to double at the right time. They know who, oh. who's doubling at the right time. They know where they're coming from. So they know how to press the other guy to make sure that they don't give a ball to the open open guy in the lane. They play so well, so instinctively, so in sync. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the, the the Sixers, they really they don't double team. Everyone is man to man on defense. They don't help. Nothing happens that way. And on the other side, they don't even set screens for each other. It's really just like <laughs> there's there's no plays. There, it's there a one no four. Plays. It's a one four every single time. That's the LeBron oh my play. Gosh. It's like yeah, uh, Joel, you know they give it to Joel and then everyone go to work. Out. Yep. Give it to Jay Rich. Go yep. to work. Give, give it, it to Tobias. Tobias. Go yep. to work. Shake. Yeah, it's like they do every, it to everybody. Yeah, even Shake Milton, like Matisse, like everybody. It's everybody's just one on one. Go to a Horford. Go to work. And it's like, and Horford really, he's like the one guy who actually passes and yeah. does team stuff. Yeah, he sets picks and like rolls and like gets little pick and pop. But jumpers. because no one else is doing that, he gets turnovers. A lot of yeah. turnovers. Yeah, because they're like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, move. Like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm setting a screen. Oh, oh, that's weird. Like, don't do that. Just go stand over there. We'll give you the ball. And then you can just take your guy one-on-one. -on -one. That's our play. That's our one play here. It's just, you're, I mean, yeah, I 100% agree, by the way. The Celtics are amazingly coached. Like, Brad Stevens gets so much out of that team. Again, like, I think he makes them even look more talented than they are. Like, that's – and, you know, I, I think they're talented, but he makes – he maximizes them truly, mm -hmm. and they can have anybody go off. And that's basically what the Sixers should be. Like, talent-wise, aren't they – like, wouldn't you say that they're comparable to the Celtics, if not more talented than the Celtics? I want to say when they have Ben Simmons, they're probably the most talented team in the NBA. I mean, yeah, Embiid – Talent wise, top but, five. Like you have Embiid, Simmons, Horford, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson. Like that's an amazing five players. Like yeah. you, you could say, oh, the Lakers have LeBron, AD, what, Danny Green, yeah. KCP. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. no, so no I, one yeah. has a I mean, even when like you go to, like, even if you go LeBron, AD, Kuzma, it's like Embiid, Simmons, and you know Tobias. Uh, Tobias Harris, yeah, is already cum cumulatively better than that threesome. Even though you have the two best players, you know. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't get it. They're bad. <laughs> They're bad. So I mean, I think it's gonna be interesting. I think they'll find a way to win games despite how poorly managed they are. But they definitely won't win the series. So. Pelicans fire Alvin Gentry after five years. The Pelicans had a terrible showing in the bubble. They were two and six. Lonzo not only posted this terrible workout video, he had a horrible gameplay on the floor. If I want to remind everyone, 34 points on 50 shots. But oh also, apparently, he was checked out. Not great. Zion was restricted in minutes in a head-scratching decision to do that. Ingram was underutilized. Drew sucked, but J.J. Redick was on fire. J.J. <laughs> Redick was amazing. He was Jordan. Like, he was just unstoppable. Or he was like Steph. <laughs> Core is intact, except Ingram is a restricted free agent, which he'll get a max offer. Joe, definitely maybe. New Orleans is an attractive destination for a coach. Definitely not. 
Wow. It's just not. I mean, they have talent, yes, but what is it? It's just not it's something about it is not appealing. Hmm. Right? It's like you have things there, but something it doesn't all work together and something about it is just not good. It's not attractive. Hmm. What is this like? I think I think the New Orleans Pelicans are like a meal, but it's like all side dishes. But mm. like good side dishes, like Zion is like fries. Ingram <laughs> is like a salad because he's skinny. And Lonzo is like stale bread. And Drew Holiday is moldy cheese. <laughs> dude, What's come it? on, dude. Don't Why you got to disrespect Drew Holiday so bad? Like you're hating on him so much harder than I've hated on him. And I was the one who was like hating on him before. It's blue cheese. <laughs> it's blue cheese. People like blue cheese. <laughs> Okay, it's not, first of all, it's not what you said. You said moldy cheese. Yeah, moldy <laughs> cheese. A moldy cheese is blue cheese. It's a, it, they're all the same. And secondly, I think Lonzo is more like a straw. <laughs> he's what? just like, I mean, he's just, yeah, I guess it's nice to have a straw, but, you know, you can just drink out of the cup. You don't really need a straw. <laughs> and that's kind of what Lonzo is. He is you don't really lose superfluous. He doesn't really change anything. It adds a little. The way that the soda gets into your mouth changes. But I mean, that's pretty much all Lonzo does. But I think the the points are gonna get there somehow without him. And so, yeah, I I'm gonna go definitely here for New Orleans is an attractive destination Ooh. for a coach. Think about the other coach open candidacy, Chicago Bulls. Nah, man, that's not as attractive as the New Orleans Pelicans. They have a lot more wiggle room. You have Zion. You still have Zion. And you have Ingram. Those two in itself are great. You have Josh Hart out there who could be your third piece. Jackson Hayes filling out at center. And if you could turn Lonzo and Drew Holiday into something and J.J. Redick into something, you already have a really decent team. I mean, I have no problem with the team. Because to me, it's – I mean, I don't even – I disagree with you. Like, I don't even think Zion is, like, a side dish. I think Zion is, like – Yeah, he's great. I think Zion is legit. I think he's a main course. I think you got a full-on steak dinner. Filet wow, mignon, there you go. Some good mashed potatoes. You know, some, like, salad. I give Lonzo salad. You know, I give Drew Holiday some, some legit bread. Except it's not served to you on a plate with, like, some utensils. It's just, like, thrown on the table. Like that's they just kind of like toss it in front of you on the table. No utensils, no napkins, no plate, no nothing. They just like toss it in front of you. Now, as good as that food might be, I don't want to eat it. (laughs) It's just not that appetizing. It's just not that delicious if it's just tossed in front of you like that. And because the Pelicans, I mean, I know that they've have like a revamped organization and all this. But I haven't seen it. Okay, I don't get it. When you have the remote and the remote's right there and you just turn the TV on, why, why, why not do that? You know, Zion is right there to be utilized. They mismanaged him. The coaching hasn't been great. Nobody. It just seems like they don't know basketball or something. Like, they don't really understand basketball. I don't get it. I don't get their lineups. I don't know why Drew Holiday plays so bad there. It just, to me, if I'm the coach... Something just smells fishy. It just doesn't seem right, and I wouldn't go there. Don't worry. The next coach, LeVar Ball, will be able to fix (laughs) it all. Don't worry, guys. (laughs) All right, Joe. Jimmy Butler is selling $20 coffee out of his hotel room. (laughs) 
What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Joe, Jimmy Butler has set up a side hustle where he uses his French press that he brought into the NBA bubble, and he charges $20 because, as he says, they can afford it. A small coffee, $20. Wow. Medium coffee, $20. Large coffee, $20 because <laughs> when you name it all the same price, you're like, hey, dude, I could get a large for 20 bucks, the same, <laughs> same as a small. That is literally what I just thought right now. <laughs> I just thought, wow, I guess it's a deal, though, because the large is the same price as the small. <laughs> Joe, definitely maybe. This is the best side hustle you've seen from an NBA player. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, he's got the markup correct. He knows his situation. He knows his market. He knows his, his target demographic. I mean, like, uh, is there a better way to do this? I mean, is anybody really going to complain? W what happens when NBA players go on Twitter and they're like, dang, I can't believe I got to pay $20 for this coffee. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think the fans are going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, you privileged millionaire NBA player. I'm sorry that you got to pay $20 for your coffee. Mm, I don't know. You know, I think Jimmy Butler is smart. I think he's onto something here. The thing I don't understand is that their coffee in the NBA bubble. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you need to go to Jimmy Butler's hotel room? <laughs> I don't understand. But does it have Jimmy's... You know, does it have flair? Is <laughs> the indescribable quality of Jimmy? You know, is that in that hotel coffee? I don't know. I don't know. Joe, like what about not. Ron Artest's side hustle? <laughs> See, that to me is what this is like. Although this is not an analogy because this is just similar to what Ron because Artest did. Because this is did. factual. <laughs> this is what he actually did, and it's similar to this. Is that? Ron Artest got a job at Best Buy so that he could get a discount on CDs. <laughs> now, you know, you may ask, if you're an NBA player, why would you do that? Because you're making millions of dollars. By the way, it's not allowed. You can't have another job at like Best Buy while you're employed by the NBA during the season. That's not allowed. So how are they paying for this? Is it Venmo? <laughs> are they doing cash? Like, what's going on exactly? No IOUs? I like how he has no IOUs yeah. on here. No IOUs. You got to pay him right away. And it says cash only. Oh, no. oh, it says cash only. It says cash only. Isn't cash bad during the... I thought we weren't... I don't know. But they're in the bubble, so he needs the cash for his house games of, like, poker and stuff that they're doing. <laughs> Oh, so this is so. You, what you're telling me is this is the legit business, and then he's got the underground the casino business. working. Yes, this is this is the what is what is this called again? This is the money washing, the laundering, laundering. So yeah, so yeah. this is this is like where Ozark. this is the yeah yeah. So when he does his cash games for for poker, and people are like, "Dude, where'd you make all this money?" He's like, "Dude, I charge twenty dollars for a cup of coffee." <laughs> Where'd you get all these twenties, dude? Do you see the sign? Do you see the sign? See the sign? Big, big face coffee. <laughs> what is it called? Big face coffee. I, I don't know. And he has and he has smiley faces on his sign. If you didn't see it, it's a whiteboard, and he's written on it the types of things that you can drink. No IOUs. Smiley faces. Small, medium, and large. All twenty dollars. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, how did I not see it? Clearly, this is a front <laughs> for a casino that he's running. And this is just the legitimate business that the money gets laundered through. It it all makes it sense. It all now. makes a, sense now. <laughs> Jimmy's a genius. Just Jimmy's a genius. Just <laughs> give, it just give it up to him. You guys just had Give it, it up to him. Got... <laughs> you just hand it to Jimmy. I mean, come on. This guy, this guy knows what he's doing, okay? This guy he, he knows what he's doing. All right, that was definitely maybe. We'll be back with our two for the road segment after this. All right, we are back with our two for the road segment that we are redubbing two for the couch as we are all stuck inside a little bit longer. Joe, what is your one for the couch? Uh, my one for the couch today, it's actually a sports related thing, but something we haven't talked about for whatever reason. But uh, it's Joe Kelly. And it's just a shout out to Joe Kelly. Shout out! <laughs> because Joe Kelly's awesome. And uh, we didn't talk about it, but, you know, he threw at the Astros, um, you know, when they played back in whenever mock, that was. It was like a couple crying. Was, yeah. And um, that obviously led to uh, nothing really happened, but some bench clearing, some talking. Joe Kelly was suspended eight games and then was reduced to five games. Uh, it came out today. I believe that the um, MLBPA, the players association was very disappointed by that, dis- by that uh, suspension because Joe Kelly was the only one suspended. And by the way, baseball, in case you forgot the Astros are cheaters and nothing has happened to them. They've literally received basically no consequences for cheating. They kept the championship. Their players are all just fine and it's ridiculous. And these were Joe Kelly's words. The people who took the fall for what happened is nonsense. Yes, everyone is involved, but the way that sign stealing system was run over there was not from the coaching staff. They're not, the head boss in charge of that thing it's the players when you take someone's livelihood to save your own butt that's what i don't like cheating they cheated everyone knows they're cheaters they know they're cheaters it's over that's done with but now they mess it up by ruining other people's lives so they bleeped it up twice and you know what i mean come on mlp what did you expect like, this is what's supposed to happen. This is playground justice because you didn't hand down real justice. This is what you should expect from everybody. And I don't know why you're surprised. And you trying to shut it down is just so hypocritical. Like, it's so terrible. It's so hypocritical to be like, oh, you- he didn't hit anybody, by the way. He threw behind Bregman's head, I, I believe. And it's like, or was it correct? No, it was Bregman. And um, it's like, come on. Like, Come on, man. What do you what do you expect? And so Joe Kelly. Hey, props, man. Props to you. Shout out to you. That's my one for the couch. <laughs> Forever the boy of our podcast. <laughs> it's one of the peoples. Cliff, what is your one for the couch? My one for the couch. So if you didn't watch my video, I made an announcement on that video that Adrian and I are expecting our second child coming. Have you really not? Have you really not like told people or? Nah, we haven't like. Hey, publicly, here we go. Oh, you haven't done. Yeah, you haven't done the social media thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of like the thing. But uh, you know, one thing that's happened 
now that this being the second child is that uh, it's already being ignored. Um, it's already, <laughs> we're already 23 weeks in and, uh, I'm like, Whoa, that was fast. <laughs> Whereas with Logan, it was like every week, every day I would yeah. read, I would read books, I'd read all these things, you know, I'd watch how big it was getting compared to every single type of fruit it was. I was like, wow, look at the, look at the size of the fruit it is now. <laughs> But already I'm like, whoa, 23 weeks in. <laughs> One of the problems, though, that is quickly approaching, rapidly approaching, is that we don't have a name for this baby. Whereas I had Logan locked and loaded, ready to go, as, you know, Logan James Howlett might know. Yeah, yeah. The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Of course. Of course. Locked and loaded. Uh, but we are having trouble... Um, Getting a, a, a finding a name for this child, I guess. Uh, Remy Labou wasn't uh, <laughs> a, a proper choice, <laughs> Molemi wasn't a, a proper choice, or uh, the late great Kobe Bryant, <laughs> not, a, not another. Oh, that was also rejected, <laughs> just rude, you know, just rude. <laughs> so this one for the couch is for the SBR listeners. Please recommend me a, a, a boy name hmm. for this child that isn't your own name. <laughs> that's what everyone does. <laughs> Why don't you name it John? It's like, uh, yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> recommend I've never a name. done that. Real qu- I've never done that. Is that, I mean, maybe it's because my name's really plain, but, um, what is that? Why do people do that? I don't I don't really get that. It's like name it after me. It's like <laughs> But has anyone actually has that ever been successful? <laughs> like, you know, you should name him after me. Matthew. I've seen I've seen it on TV. <laughs> A sitcom trope? Yeah. My sister's kid is actually named after her husband's best friend. Did he, because of like a bet or something like that. Did he? Oh, interesting. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the. I forget the. That exact is a sitcom story, trope. It's, it, it's something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. So it does happen. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I guess that rule doesn't. <laughs> it, but anyway, it could be anyway, your, it could sorry. be your name. That's fine. It could be your name, <laughs> as long as it's a good name. Um, throw it out there and. Maybe we'll consider it because we need help because we can't – we could barely pay attention to this second chart. Cliff, be, okay, Cliff, I have to – I'm sorry I have to do this. Okay. But, you know, we're, we're, we're very close. We're best friends. Yes. I thought <laughs> that Adrian already had a name in mind. She does. So is this just your way? You know I'm calling you out in front of, of the course. listener. Is this just your way of trying to circumvent Adrian's name for your second child? Yes. I mean, obviously that's what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's what's happening here. And I can't just go down the list of things, you know, like go down the top 200. I got to actually bring a, hey – the people voted. This is what the people said. Are you going to ignore the people? Because <laughs> you can't just go by yourself. You no, need some of course not. I, I need an army. 
What better than SBR Nation? <laughs> I see. I see. I understand. I'm also married. <laughs> With two kids. So I get it. So you know the rules. <laughs> I know the rules. You know the rules. You got to put the work in the gym to come to the playoffs. If you go to the playoffs unprepared, you're going to look like the Sixers. That's what's going to happen. Or the Lakers. On that note, thanks to everyone for listening to the People's Pod. Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate, give us five stars. We'll be back next week with more nonsense. Thanks, Jason. One more time, a shout-out to Jason and Jubilee Media. This was SPR with Flip the Show. Peace. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm I'm ready for that. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys tend to edit stuff in the back end or or no? Yeah. Should I, yeah, like, be... yeah. We do. Okay. So you can be as however yeah, you, you want to be. Um, feel dope. free. Yeah. Dope. We 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 put the onus on I guess Joe. Joe. Yeah. I usually put together the pre work. He does the post work. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes and then we'll, we'll start playing games with, yeah. some... Cliff creates the mess and then I clean it up. That's basically how our relationship <laughs> works. I like it. That's I how like it's been. It. So I'm, I'm the child <laughs> and you are the parents. <laughs> that's how, that's how it's been for 20 years. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long ass time. <laughs>